Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what is popping? The world all around us, John. I know. It's exciting times. It's very exciting. It is exciting. A little nerve wracking at times. Really? You know, we're still drinking from a fire hose over here at Waterstone in a good way. Great way. Growth opportunities everywhere growth potential like everywhere like we just opened a branch in ormond beach really? we're opening a branch in south carolina we have branch opportunities coming to us like here's the deal when it's easy ain't nobody want to leave their job doesn't nobody want to leave but the minute things start getting tough it makes others realize is this where i am i'm sorry yeah, this is where, where I, I am where i want to be where i want to be where i should be mm. and all of a sudden if you're good at what you do and people recognize that they're like, I want to be a part of your team. Hmm. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, we can't hire everybody. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it just, you know, I wish we could. I love yeah. everybody. Yeah. But it just doesn't work that way. There's only so many humans that we have on staff yeah. that can rightfully onboard, train, support, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's been good. Yeah. So it's been good. Like, yes, we're dealing with rates shooting up and then you know home prices shooting up and it's next to impossible to find a home if you do if you are qualified like mm. yes but that's you know it's just the that's the challenge that's presented this year next year it'll be a different challenge yeah, you have just to like something else and yes yeah. yeah i can go through my 18 year career here in the mortgage industry and every year had its challenge every year also brought its opportunity right. my opportunity right now is when somebody is actually under contract that's going to close really yeah, look, they tried so hard. They mm-hmm. were one of seven offers. Theirs finally got accepted. Yeah, yeah, that's going to close. Mm. Whereas there is a time back in 2012, you put a home under contract, it didn't close hmm. because the seller needed to get their bank to sign off on selling the home for mm. less than the amount owed. It was super easy to get someone to accept your contract. It was super easy to get them to drop the price to pay your closing cost. But you never knew if you were actually going to close, if it was actually going to go through. Hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's every every market has it. Every, every single year. market has its opportunities. But, you know, th- there are lots of comings and goings. Years like this, mm-hmm. the cream rises to the top. Right. The strong survive. All of those trite phrases, those cliches that, by the way, are true. Yeah. They happen. Yeah. So, for us, it's been extremely exciting at Waterstone because every day, Every month, every week, I'm on calls, I'm on webinars, I'm having, I'm entertaining people at my branch, or I'm going to their branch yeah. to meet them, and they're all inquiring, like, what are you guys doing? What's going on over there? Yeah. How come the market's down 40%, but you're only down 10%? Why is that? Or, or some of your loan officers are up, yeah. or some are the exact same spot they were. How are you growing? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Yes. Well, you know why? Because they... Everyone at Waterstone listens to TLOP. Thank you. I was waiting for you to say Everyone that. Everyone at Waterstone listens to TLOP. Therein lies the secret. For two years, we've been putting out this content. And now it's starting to finally come to fruition. <laughs> not every episode's a banger, John. Well, not no, every episode. Not, you know, but it's 1% better, Dustin. We get 1% better every single day and mm-hmm. our audience grows. That's all we can ask for. That's all we can ask for. Right? Like, we didn't have TLOP online.com 12 weeks ago, but we have it now. Yeah. People still aren't finding it mm. slowly but surely, just like they did with, with TLOP, yeah. right? Just yeah. with the podcast. Look, we don't advertise it. We don't market it. We expect and ask and hope and yeah. cross our fingers mm-hmm. and do funny little dances mm-hmm. around fire pits right. in hopes that you share us, in hopes that you tell a friend, a neighbor, a mm-hmm. colleague, a fellow associate about 
the Loan Officer Podcast, whether you listen to us or you watch us on YouTube. Mm -hmm. We we, we ask you to do the same now with our website, yeah. theloanofficerpodcast.com, or my favorite is... TLOP Online. TLOPonline.com. Hundreds of videos on yes. there now, literally. But but we, we're we onboarding a branch right now. It's a TLOP listener. She is a rock star in the making. Mm. Rock star in the making. And anyhow, it came down to this. My company doesn't do the things that you talk about on TLOP. No way. Yeah. Really? Yep. All right, cool. We can do that. Now, you know, but my company that I that I represent, you represent, mm -hmm. we're not in every market, no. so we can't do that for everybody, yeah. right? So, and, and not every one of our leaders is looking to grow. Mm -hmm. Some of them are very happy with where they are, or they're they're, they're trying to grow their their personal production. Right. But that's where people are hopping on the career corner. Look, I have friends, and I have friends who have friends. You know somebody. So, like literally, I had someone reach out to me, a TLOP listener. They did it through the website, through mm -hmm. Career Corner, mm -hmm. looking for help in Orange County. I said, Florida, perfect. Yeah, I think they I said, know somebody. They said, no, California. Oh, uh, like, but hey. You know what I did? I texted Renee Rodriguez. Okay, shout out Renee. Shout out to Renee. I texted Renee. Renee puts me in contact with, with Ryan. Ryan's with, with Neo Home Loans out, mm -hmm. out in Orange County. Mm -hmm. Bingo, bongo, bango. I at least made an introduction. Wow, there it is. Look, it's on Ryan to decide whether or not he wants this person. Mm -hmm. It's on this person to decide whether or not he wants to work for Ryan. But you made it That's happen. That's between them. But you made it happen. Yeah. I can put you all together. I can't make you fall in love. Right. Right. And bingo. They did. Got it done. That's awesome. Got it done. So, you know, here's some other things that we're fielding right now. Mm -hmm. And we're and it's kind of goes along the same theme of growth mm -hmm. and movement. Like, unfortunately, there's a lot of people in this industry because they're hitting me up on LinkedIn right now. Oh, my God, D.O., I was a part of a 200-person layoff. Whoa. Those are typically people who are working in a call center mm -hmm. type environment because if you listen to enough of our episodes which are well over 220 of them and by the way go back yeah go back like yes the past five episodes have all been bangers yeah. john and i look at them and we don't do this often <laughs> yeah. but we're like damn are we hot yeah like maybe it's 75 hard maybe yeah, it's yeah. spring who knows yeah. but we are on fire yeah but i promise you there's some really good episodes from last year yeah binge backwards folks yeah there's some really good episodes from a year and a half ago mm -hmm. so check them out just mm -hmm. Bear in mind, if we're talking about rates in the threes, <laughs> oh, yeah, that shit ain't it. around anymore, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? So, yeah, right. you know, there's certain things you have to look at the timestamp right. and then obviously apply certain <laughs> buffers to that timestamp. Right. But, um, but no, when, when, when we're talking about, about growth and about opportunities and, you know, yes, there's, there's, there's layoffs that are happening and yes, that sucks. That's why we teach on this show. He or she that controls the lead controls mm. their own destiny. If you want to go work at a call center to get your start, that's great. Yeah. I just hung out with a top producer at a top producer trip who has spent his first eight years doing nothing but refinances in a call center. Yeah. yeah. He transitioned into a top producing, purchase focused, self-generated mm -hmm. loan originator. The types that we talk about, the types that get celebrated because of their W-2s or because they're a part of the Scotsman Guide. Right. Um, but if you're a part of that 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 crew is being laid off, I, I feel for you because you are going to have to get out there and hustle and network. And you are going to have to literally sell yourself. And why should someone take a chance on you who doesn't have a book of business, who doesn't have a following mm -hmm. to to then have come work for them? Because even if you're 100 percent commission, there's still a cost associated with this. 
And this is going to segue really well into our topic, which have we announced our topic yet? Not yet. Will you please announce it for the for the folks who are like Dio and JC, just shut up and get to the point. Should I open my own branch? Okay. So to the loan officers who have been recently let go or terminated, more than likely because they worked for a consumer direct call center refi heavy um, shop, mm -hmm. firm, mortgage <clears throat> company, they need to understand, hey, FYI, it's on you to stand out. It's on you to get out there and out network. Start attending networking function and call the real estate community and ask them who are some of the best lenders and then call those lenders and introduce yourself. But you're asking somebody to take a chance on you because you <clears throat> might know what you're doing because you worked at that call center for six months, eight months, or even eight years, mm -hmm. but you don't have a following. You don't have a database. You don't have a consistent flow of referrals coming in the door. And that's what the top lenders are looking for. Because in your mind, as the originator, you may think, you know what, but I don't know why they just wouldn't hire me. Yeah. I know I mean, what I'm doing. Why, I mean, no, like I'm 100% commission, but here's what you have to understand. And this is, what any person who wants to run their own shop has to understand. Hey, Mr. or Mrs. 100% commission, you're not a zero cost to your branch, right? A lot of times there's a fee for your loan origination software. It could be 35 bucks a month or it could be 100. There's a fee for the payroll company or the software used to manage your, your HR data. That fee could be 10 bucks, but now I'm 35 plus 10. There's a fee for your phone line. There's a fee to have an IT person who monitors your desktop or your laptop. Again, that fee for the phone is 10 bucks and the laptop is 10. Adds up. But it adds up. And then all of a sudden there's, there's resources, human capital. When you have a loan that has to go into the system, somebody has to process it. And when they're processing your loan, they're not processing someone else's loan. Now, if you're squeaky clean and you're the best loan officer ever made, then they're gonna love you. But if you're newer, Chances are. Chances are you're not that yet, right? Because you're working on it. But now all of a sudden your one loan is tying up three more from getting looked at, reviewed, submitted. So there's 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 hard cost, even when someone's 100% commission. And there's also the- Intangible. Intangible, yeah. Kind of mm -hmm. the collateral damage. Yeah. It's the reason why my firm, we won't hire part-time loan officers because we understand that a part-time loan officer isn't consistently- pre-approving, apping, disclosing, locking, submitting enough files to become ever proficient mm -hmm. at it. So when they do turn on a loan once every other month, sloppy, it's sloppy and the collateral damage, like their one loan is taking more resources yeah, right. than Kevin Murphy's 10 loans. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's bad business. Yeah. So we at, at my two business partners and I, and our leadership team, we tend to sit down with those originators and we help them seek employment elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Right, one way or the other. Sometimes our methods are rock solid. Sometimes we look back and say, gosh, we could have done that better. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, it doesn't work. I want the loan officers to understand who are tuning in, hey, look, just because you're licensed and just because you got laid off, it's not going to be easy to find a job you are going to have to sell yourself. And don't think that just because you took a 100% commission job that, you know, I don't know why people won't hire me because I'm not a cost. You are. Mm -hmm. Like you are a cost, whether it's human capital or whether it's hard cost, there is still money there. Now I'm going to get into the meat and potatoes of what I want to talk about today. Okay. And I want to shout out first and foremost, Angela last night. Shout out Angela. So Angela shoots me this message via um, Facebook. Okay. Which, by the way, is the worst way to get a hold of me. Um, it, it just is. Like, I'm really good on LinkedIn, and you and I collectively are really good on Instagram. Mm -hmm. 
anything past that, it's hit or miss. Yeah. Facebook is weird sometimes. Facebook is weird. <laughs> I right now on my personal Facebook messenger. Mm-hmm. So I'm that that guy. I am I am anal about many things. One of those I can never have voicemails are unreturned. Mm-hmm. If I have a voicemail, I have to return it, delete it. Yeah. Right. So my inbox is never full. Yeah. Text messages. If I saved a text, it's because there's an action item, yeah. and it bothers my wife. She's like, "Well, I texted you that three weeks ago." I go, "Yeah, but I deleted that text already." Gone. Yeah. If it's look, that's how I keep myself organized. Mm-hmm. So when I'm thinking about Angela, and Angela that, yeah, and, and Facebook. I need, oh, I was talking about on Facebook yeah. story. So, so on my Instagram messenger, I have a, a message. It says unread. Yeah. I'm that guy. I can't have that. It yeah. freaks me out. Yeah. I can't find it. Oh, yeah. I it's cannot like, find the message. Yeah, do that. So it says I have rebooted my computer. <clears throat> I've uninstalled mm-hmm. and reinstalled Facebook messenger. Mm-hmm. I cannot find it. So, but Angela found me and yeah. I found her message. Nice. And she was like, Hey, my friends in Arita are, are um, looking at opening up a, a shop, mm-hmm. our own, our own shop. She said. I'm assuming a mortgage shop. I'd hope so. I didn't think she meant maybe a consignment shop. Yeah, right. But, you know, her, her own mortgage operation. And um, she said, do you, do you have any content on that? And we did, right? We mm-hmm. did an episode called So You Want to Be a Branch Manager. Yeah, yeah. That was probably a year ago. <laughs> right. When we were talking about, hey, we have some really good episodes from, <laughs> from a year or even a year and a half ago. Go check them out. Yeah. That was one that, you know, I shot her. Mm-hmm. But it got me thinking, I should do, we should do just an, a, a reboot, a right. different a different take on it. Right. Kind of using today's data and also pulling off of, I just had lunch with my buddy Ziggy, um, some information he shared with me because he went and opened up his own place. Oh, okay. And um, I just had a recruit call with a guy. He's not in Florida. He's, he's up in the Midwest who, I mean, this dude's been around the block. Like he's been in business for 30 years and owns multiple business and has had the highest of highs. He'd had some lows of lows because he was a victim of 2020 or 2008 and the Mm -hmm. great recession. But you know, he's coming off of an opportunity where he had his own shop and he's thinking, uh-uh. Mm, by the way. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about just that. Okay. Which is, should I open my own branch? Right. Should I run my own branch? And let's talk about the pros and the cons to make sure people know what they're getting in. And don't just take my take. Like, I'm going to share stories. And this is for you, Angela. This is for your friends who are thinking about opening up your own shop. This is based on me having friends in the industry, being on recruiting calls, having successfully opened eight, nine, 10 branches throughout my career, having some of those branches fail, having some of those branches totally succeed, Mm -hmm. right? So like, we're just gonna dive right into it, pros, cons, just in case someone's thinking about, hmm, does that make sense for me? Right. All right, so first and foremost, and I didn't say this in my Facebook reply to to Angela, so that's why we're gonna do the episode on it. Take a sip of water. Go ahead, take a sip. That was dramatic. Well done. That silence is <laughs> deadly. Okay, Renee Rodriguez. That silence absolutely okay, Renee. just makes my hey, skin what if, Hey, what if I just... John, you're uh, freaking out. No, no, no. All right. <laughs> All right, so here goes. Okay. I would not recommend anybody ever open up their own branch, their own shop, whatever you want to call it, if you're new at this industry. Period. End of story. Someone consider doing that? People do. And I don't know if Angela is experienced or inexperienced. Like, I don't. Um, Didn't ask her that question. But I'm going to do this episode in her honor. If you and your friends are newly licensed, I'm not saying you're going to fail. I'm going to say the odds are stacked up hella high, hella high against you. Hmm. There's so much you don't know. There's so much you have to learn just about the mortgage business that unless you're that type of person that legit 
could go out in the woods and survive 30 days mm -hmm. on your own because you're uber resourceful. You're that type of person that if you got sliced open with a knife or you got shot in the leg, you could tourniquet and be that, okay. Yeah. That, that you would just have the fortitude to figure out mm -hmm. how to No, like more than likely 98.35% mm -hmm. of you don't do it. You need three years experience. You need to get good first, get good at being a great technician. Get good at understanding how to properly pre-approve a borrower, your programs, your guidelines, your products, close a hundred or 200 loans, go out there and make a bunch of mistakes. And then because you didn't go on your out on your own, you have mentors and sales managers and branch manager and help desk. And just collectively, you have those people mm -hmm. at your disposal that will pick you up, that will patch you up, mm -hmm. put a bandaid on it teach you what you did wrong and let you move along with your day. So I would not recommend that. I would have given you that advice a month ago, <laughs> but I have lunch with Ziggy. Ziggy worked here with us mm -hmm. for a solid three or four years. Now Ziggy was one of those people that he's my buddy. He's my boy. We go way back. Ziggy needs to be on his own. He just does. He likes to do things his way, mm -hmm. the Ziggy way. And sometimes his way doesn't follow anyone, any other person's way. And we, we, my partners and I, and our firm and all of our associates, we're pretty systematized and process oriented. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what attracts some of the top talent to us. But if you try to come in and do something your way, it's like going to Ford and trying to hop on the assembly line, but you want to actually assemble that particular motor different than how yeah. everyone else is doing it. No, it's, you're going to jack up the system. Yeah. So he went out on his own. And here's what he told me. First and foremost, there's no way I could have ever been successful without first working with you. Right. Three years. Get in there, understand how to properly pre-qual, pre-approve, app, lock, disclose, close your 100 or 200 loans. And then he said to me, there's probably no way I would have been successful if I didn't go out and hire and pay for someone with an operational background to help me put together my processes. Mm. How am I going to actually get a loan through my system? Cause it's going to be different when you, when you own your own, when you run your own, it's a, it's a different system than where you came from. And if you've never done it before, how do you even know what one looks like? That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you know what, what one looks like? So, so he shared that with me. I'm like, okay, let's share that with, with, with people who are tuned in. How about this? He also shared everything you don't know that you're getting yourself into. Mm. He's like, yep, I totally didn't even think about how expensive credit reports are. In order for us to do our job, we have to be able to pull credit mm -hmm. for people who may or may not do a loan with us. Each of those credit pools could be as cheap as $18 or as, as expensive as $68. Okay, well, times that by 20 credit pools, 30 credit pools, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden it's like gulp. Right. Yep, when, when you work for someone else, normally, 99 times out of 100, they're paying for all those credit You know, if you think about it, pulls. you just click the credit pull button and there it is. Yep. Let's think about this. When Ziggy worked for someone else, he had certain resources at his disposal. Mm. He had a marketing department. An intranet. He had an intranet. He had a sales support administrator who helped set up and manage and market to his database. He had a receptionist mm -hmm. who would field things like, I don't know, the delivery person is dropping off a package. Yeah. Some a couriers coming to pick up a package. He had an office to come to. When you go out on your own, that's your name on that lease 
that costs money. Hmm. Oh, I need a copier. I don't care if you go and buy a $300 printer, yeah. scanner, or if you need a $300 a month mm -hmm. Mac Daddy machine, it's still an expense. You need internet, you need phones. Maybe you don't, maybe use your cell phone. Okay, cool, you saved a hundred bucks there. But things you take for granted, everything all the way down, the rent's a big one. Okay, rent, but you know what rent needs? Office furniture. Office furniture costs money. Damn. All right, do you have a receptionist? Do you, are you gonna need a receptionist? If you don't, then it's gonna be you that does the really small things, greet clients when they stop by. Yeah. Right, greet the, the, the delivery driver when they're dropping something off. While you're locking alone and have a client on the phone. Yes, yeah, right. like these are just small things. Right. Do you have a marketing department who does X, Y, and Z for you? Like these are, even if you do, and, and you're gonna have it when you open your own branch, maybe your branch, like in my branch, we even though we have a marketing department at Waterstone Mortgage, I still have someone on site mm -hmm. that, that works hand in hand with our loan originator. So our loan originators go to this person, let's say Melanie. Melanie then on behalf of mm. our loan officers works. Mm. Well, the minute you go out on your own, you lose Melanie, yeah. right? When the minute you go out on your own, you lose Sarah, the receptionist. Yeah. The minute you go out on your own, small things. What's your sales culture like? Like this is this is my boy Ziggy, and I'm gonna have him on by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna have Ziggy on, and we're gonna do a whole entire episode nice. on, on what it means to be a mortgage broker, because that's what he did. Nice. He fell in love with the thought that he was going to make all this money and have cheaper interest rates and be in control. That's what that's what really drove him. Mm -hmm. Now, when he left, and we, we supported his, his move, by the way. It was good for him, it was good for us. Right. But we supported, and all, all along the way, I had my ideas. Like, look, I have been around the block. I have had many, many, many failures. I've had quite a few successes as well. Mm -hmm. And I study my industry and I'm a part of my, my industry. So I had my ideas and my ideas were essentially, Ziggy's gonna go out and go out, he's gonna go out on his own. He's gonna survive, he's gonna be good, but he's gonna make the same amount of money, but he's gonna do less loans. Hmm. And for the most part, all things considered, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And high five to him, because guess what he gets to do? His way, mm -hmm. his way. But there were definitely things that he missed out on, right? right? He told me this. He's like, man, I took for granted the monthly branch meeting. I took for granted the monthly all hands call. I took for granted the synergies of just being able to grab another LO and yeah. go to go to lunch all this, and talk yeah, shop. That's all the stuff you take for granted when it's there, but as soon as you miss it, as soon as it's gone, you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Now, now he does make a lot more money per loan, but for him to get a loan through the system, mm -hmm. it's a it's more time consuming. It's a heavier lift. Right. It's more cumbersome. Instead of it being one system, he now has nine systems. Mm -hmm. And if he wants the easy system, right? He If you brokers a loan to this company, it's super easy. Gets less. But the interest rates aren't that great. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden he left because he thought he was getting better interest rates. He does get better interest rates if he takes it to the clunky investor. You know, that investor that may or may not close on time, that may or may <coughs> not return his phone calls. He gets cheap rates, but it comes at a price. Mm -hmm. It's going to take him three times as long to get that loan through the system than it does if he brokers right. a loan to the other investor that, but that investor gives the same or worse rates. Right. So it's like, ooh, wow, okay. And then all of a sudden you get to a point, you're like, well, I need a loan officer assistant. Well, when you work for someone else and you're a good producer, there's a chance that loan officer assistant is subsidized, the cost mm -hmm. is subsidized. All of a sudden it's not. So when someone's trying to, de to determine, should I become a, a branch manager? Or should I go out on my own? Should I open my own my, my own my own office? 
My first question is, what are you aiming for? What is it that you think you're going to get from this? Because my experience for most, now there are those anomalies out there. Mm -hmm. I've had them on this show. Molly Nadu is an anomaly. Shout out Molly. When you go back and watch Molly's episode, you ask yourself, do I see me when I look at Molly, when I hear Molly? Am I the person who's going to put in the hours, the sacrifice, spend $30,000 a year on coaching, right. plus another 10,000 a year on personal development? Mm -hmm. Is that who I am? Is that who I wanna be? Um, if the answer is yes, I will tell you Molly is a lot further along in her life and in her career because she went out on her own. Someone saw something in her and gave her that opportunity, but not everyone is that. And I would say most people aren't. Mm -hmm. I would call Molly an outlier. Shout out Malcolm Gladwell. What a great book. Mm -hmm. I would call my business partner, Mike Smalley, an outlier. I'd probably look at myself and say, Dio, you're a little bit screwed up too, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you have some quirks about you that others don't share. And maybe those quirks, <laughs> some, a yeah. lot, yeah. and maybe those quirks are what helps you get to where you are in your career, right. okay? I will tell you, I'm, a, I'm as ordinary as the day is long. Extraordinary. I am extraordinary. Mm. But what makes me extra is that I do extra. Mm. I do the ordinary things. I just do three times more in a day mm -hmm. than maybe the average person does, mm. which is maybe one and a half times what above average does. Mm. But I just do a lot of ordinary things. I do a lot of them and nonstop. Mm. Not everyone wants to do that. Mm. And it's okay if you don't want to do it. So the first thing I would ask, whether it's Angela whether it was Ziggy when he was contemplating his move or anyone else mm -hmm. that I may coach or mentor or just run into at, a, at, a, at an, an event. Why? I'd say the same thing to my buddy who, who works in lawn care who wants to go out on his, on his own. I'd say the same exact thing to my friend who is a sous chef who she wants to go out on her own. Why? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? One of my favorite books for people who think they want to be entrepreneurs is called The E-Myth. And shout out to Kai McBride. Way back in the day, this dude Kai, who I think on social media, he just moved from California to Austin, Texas. But Kai, uh, I did some coaching with Kai. I was paying him to be, to be my coach. And he introduced me to the E-Myth. And if you read it or listen to it on audio, the E-Myth in a, a quick summary, it basically says just because you're a great technician doesn't mean you're going to be a great entrepreneur. You may be a shit business leader. You may have no, no purpose and no point ever going out on your own, right? Because you're a great technician. The minute you go out on your own, here's what you're going to realize. And this is my friends in the mortgage industry who are top producing LOs who are being sold, in my opinion, a bill of goods that they're going to go out on their own and everyone can be the next Molly. Hmm. No, they can't. No, they can't. Now, if you want to watch her episode, you know, like yeah. if you want to figure out where she's getting her coaching and you two spend that money and you mm -hmm. two dive all in. But what they don't understand is all those little pieces of the puzzle, right? I mentioned whether it's the sales system administrator, whether it's the sales manager who's, who's hosting the sales meetings and bringing valuable content, even if that content's rah, rah, mm -hmm. motivational, whether it's the receptionist, right? Whether, whether it's just having the colleagues or, your company has some kind of a company sponsored annual sales rally. Like all of that is worth something time-wise. Mm -hmm. The minute you go out on your own, you are in the e-myth, by the way, that book teaches this. You are the receptionist. Mm -hmm. You are the head of IT. You are the head of HR. Even if it's just for your branch, you may go work for a large company, 
right? You may go work for a top 10 lender who gives you your own branch and lets you work off a P&L. But please know that branch is still with that responsibility of branch manager. You still have the responsibility of hiring and firing and reviews and, and receptionist and sales database administration and being the leader. So leaders do things like team meetings. Leaders do things like put others first, right? Meet leaders do things like one-on-ones with their staff to make sure that everything's going well, both in their, in their life and as, as well as at work. So if it's just 30 minutes a week, the receptionist was helping out in an hour and a half that sales administration was helping out. And this person was doing some of the HR stuff for me. And this person was leading the sales efforts and creating the culture. And this person was helping me hire and fire people. And this person was helping a big one manage my pipeline. Uh Oh yeah. Like, Oh, I used to have a pipeline manager, whether it's my processing manager or whether it's one of the VPs in the, in, in, in the region, somebody, when one of my files needed to get pushed through was on my behalf, calling an underwriter or calling the head of closing to push Mm -hmm. that through all of a sudden that falls on you. So then this is where it's coming back to. Why are you doing this? If you're doing this to make more money, I'm going to tell you to second guess because that five hours that you forgot about that other people were doing per week on your behalf, is now five hours of work you have to do. Mm-hmm. So ask yourself, are you willing to work an extra five hours a week doing what people would, would say red time activities? Mm-hmm. It's not green time. You're not prospecting. It's red time. Or if you're not willing to put in the extra five hours, then you're, that's five hours you are going to take away from green time. Can your business survive you doing that? Maybe you say, D.O., I'm not going to work the extra hours and I'm not going to take away from green time. Okay. Then you have to hire someone to do it. Then that's what I'll do. That person still needs to be onboarded. That person still needs to be trained and someone still needs to inspect what they expect out of them. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, they cost money. They cost money. These are all things you have to consider when you want to open your own shop, your own branch, you have to consider everything that goes along with it. Unfortunately, we talked about this, I think on our, on our last episode, like when I was mentioning doing 75 hard for the third time, when it's your first time being a manager, it's your first mm-hmm. time operating a branch. You don't know these things. Right. You don't know what you don't know. Right. Which means if you didn't, if all you did was talk to a recruiter or talk to someone who is who is going to um, benefit from onboarding you, mm-hmm. you might not have gotten the best device. Right. Now, that's all the negative. That's all the things you don't think about. Mm-hmm. That's every reason why I believe all right. most people who got on their own aren't going to make more money. They're just going to be able to call it their own. Mm. And for some people, my buddy Ziggy, perfect, perfect. And by the way, Ziggy made hell of a lot of money last year and great money the year before. But that was also based on his career trajectory and what the market was doing. Mm -hmm. Right. That was a conversation we had. He's like, but I had my two best income years. I said, everybody did. If you didn't have your two best income years in 2020 and 2021 and you're in the mortgage business, you you missed Mm -hmm. out. Yeah, so I compare him to his peers. And I was like, yeah, compared to your peers, you're right in the middle, right? These three people out-earned you. These two people, you out-earned them. Now, what was interesting, the people who out-earned him, out-earned him by 20%, and the people that he out-earned was by 10%. But the, the, the positive was he didn't wreck himself. And as he told me, he's like, I knew I could always come back. Mm-hmm. True story. You knew you could always come back. 
And that's what I have to know when someone maybe leaves my nest to go do their own thing. It hurts mm -hmm. their family. But I know that some of them we would gladly take back. I told that to Ziggy. I'd love to have you back, brother. David misses you. Aaron misses you. Come on back. Mm -hmm. um, I think some of my underwriters might have, might <laughs> right, have flinched yeah, a little bit. Right. Uh, I, have a, I have a question because I forgive my ignorance. If you, someone wanted to go out and open their own branch, the first thing my mind goes to is who's going to fund this? Because like when I hear like I'm open my own shop, I have like $10 million of my own capital I can lend out, but I don't. So where does that money come from? Normally, if you go out on your own, you're, you're going to be a mortgage broker. Okay. And at which point right. you're literally, there's no money. Now, in order to get signed up with various wholesale investors, they do want to see your experience. They do want to see your personal net worth. They do want to see your credit. There's some certain things that like, Hey, oh, okay. I'm not going to sign up some schmo to, to be able to broker loans to me. Right. You will have to buy a computer. There is software you need to go out there and purchase. Yes. There's some startup costs, but it's not like you're lending your own money. You're right. not, you're not starting your own independent mortgage bank. Gotcha. And even like someone like Ziggy, he didn't go open his own. He actually, um, he actually like tied into another gotcha. more national, you know, almost like a franchise, right. right? Or back in the day, we called them net branches. So like, if you go out on your own, let's say you are a, well, um, we had this guy on the show, Eric Putt. Yeah, shout out Eric Putt. Eric Putt, and he's a great example of why you'd want to go open your own branch, right? The, the positive behind right. it. Eric loved his previous employer. Loved, loved, loved Gateway Mortgage. What a great company. Shout out Gateway. Shout out Gateway. Loved them. Yeah. Gateway wasn't giving him an opportunity to be a branch manager. Cool. We would. And more importantly, and this is important, the secret sauce. Even if they were willing and in a position to give him his own branch, who's going to train him? Who's going to support him? Who's going to lead him? Who's going to coach him? Whose footsteps can he follow in? That's important. We talk about that all the time on this. And again, this transcends to all industries. I can look at my buddy who used to do lawn care for someone else. Now he does lawn care for himself. He too does not make more money doing it on his own. Mm. No, he makes the same money. Is he happier? Yes, maybe. Depends. Right. It depends. Right. When his truck is broken down, no, he's miserable. Because that's now money that he, he, yeah. he doesn't have to fix or needs to go find to fix. And now he's falling behind on work and clients are calling him all angry. Right. If you work for someone else, the truck fit, breaks. Bring the, it to the shop. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it to the shop. Yeah, they yeah. get it fixed. Right. Right. So, but what he does like is whether he gets up at 5 a.m. or gets up at 7.30 p.m. or a.m., right. it doesn't matter. Whether he ends his day at 2 or ends his day at 5, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. He's in control. So it's a, it's more responsibility comes with more headache, but more, but, but being the owner also comes with maybe some autonomy and some flexibility. Right. Same thing goes for my friend, the sous chef, who she went out and she started her own deli. She doesn't make any more money. She works way more hours. Don't know if she really enjoys what she does. It was fun and exciting at the time. It was a lot of things she had never experienced before. She's a better businesswoman because of it. I can't tell you that she's any better of a sous chef and she's any happier. And I know she doesn't make any more money. Now, occasionally, this is where we get called up in the American dream. Occasionally, you hear about that one guy, that mm -hmm. one girl, mm -hmm. that they hit it. They ended up with three locations, five locations. They learned how to level up. They, they, most don't. Most, and this is what the E-Myth teaches, are great technicians who just work for themselves. Mm -hmm. But they're not entrepreneurs. They're not leveling up. They're not 
growing from one truck to three trucks, three trucks to, to 10 trucks, moving from, well, uh, I do lawns now, I'm gonna do pools next, I'm mm -hmm. gonna go into roofing after that, now <laughs> I had this massive conglomerate that, yeah. no. Um, there's nothing wrong with it, by the way. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Just know that it's it's not always um, rainbows yeah, and unicorns, right. right? So, so, but when Eric Putt, getting back on him, when he left, he left for all the right reasons. He, he didn't leave because he was unhappy. He didn't leave because he felt like he was going to get better rates at Waterstone because he sh honestly should never leave for that. Yeah. Rates and products change daily. Change daily. Sometimes out of our control, sometimes in our control. To go work for a company because they have this one product or this one rate sheet, you don't know what's going to be in, in 90 days. You don't. Unless you're the man or the woman behind the curtain who's pulling the strings, you don't. Mm -hmm. You need to go someplace because they're going to support you. They're going to mentor you. They're going to give you an opportunity that someone else wasn't going to give you. And then they're going to show you how, teach you how, hold you accountable, train you, coach you, et cetera. They're better at getting loans closed and consistently closed. Sure, that matters. The people we're onboarding right now, it's because their current company cannot get their loans closed consistently in a timely fashion, in a smooth process. Mm. Yes, our rate sheet's similar to what they're used to, which is a plus. It's not better but it's, it's similar. It's competitive. It's like our products may be better. Sure. Okay, cool. But they're coming to synergize with the leadership. They're coming to be a part of what, what we're doing. And they're coming also because we can consistently get their loans closed mm -hmm. back on Eric, Putt, he came over and said, well, this is my next step. So I need to go someplace where they can do that. Eric does make more money today, but it's because Eric, ended up becoming a true branch manager. He wanted to lead, he wanted to inspire, he wanted to recruit loan officers and give back what someone gave him that opportunity 18 years ago, he wanted to give to other people going forward. Hmm. So Eric now has a team of four or five loan officers. So not only will Eric produce his 50 or 60 million a year, his team will do another 50 or 60 million a year. So because Eric does that, he does it well and does it profitable, Eric has an opportunity to earn money on his commission plus to earn an override based on his branch's success. Hmm. But I'm going back to what I originally asked. Why? Why do you want to go out on your own? Why do you want to have your own shop? What do you want? Why do you want to have your own branch? If it's solely because you think you're going to make more money, I'm going to tell you probably not. Probably not. Do you think most people that want to open their own branches, that's what they lead with? 100%. They, David Holbrook, my business partner, says it best. They don't want to be a manager. They want an override. Hmm. They don't want to be a manager. They want an override. But what they find out is when you're a manager, there's work that comes with it. That's responsibility that comes with that. Also, if you want to have your own profit and loss statement, please know it's called a PNL, not a P. It's not a profit statement. It's a profit and loss statement. Mm -hmm. When you lose money, you don't make money in that setup. Now, when you work for somebody else, if they lost money that, that month, but you had a good month, you still got your paycheck. Hmm. If you close at least one loan, you got paid. Right. But when you're in a profit and loss state uh, uh, environment, which many people leave because they want to run their own P&L, they're only thinking like every month's going to be profitable. Well every year is going to be like 2021 or mm -hmm. 2020. Right. No. In 2018, 67% of mortgage companies lost money. Think about that. I think 2022 is going to mirror 2018. So there are people out there right now that are like, holy cow, I was sold a bill of goods. I was sold to come over here, open my own branch. They're going to pay me on a P&L. The problem is they're paying me on an L. Mm. You're taking that L to bed, 
right? I had a guy tell me, he's like, yeah, my wife's like, you got to get out of here. That setup sucks. Right. I was sold a bill of goods. Right. Yes. There's advantages to working for someone else. Again, my buddy who does lawns for a living, when he worked for someone else, that was a guaranteed paycheck. The worst thing they could do is cut his hours. Mm-hmm. That was the worst thing they could do. When he works for himself, he can make go months without a paycheck. Hmm. Like that was, that was the trade-off to go out on your own. So when someone is considering going out on their own, I'm going to ask you why. Now, if you're raising your hand and you're saying, because I can do it better than my branch manager does. Hmm. Okay. If you're saying, because I have this burning desire to build a team of loan officers who I want to support, I want to grow them. I want to teach them how they too can become a 18 or 24, $36 million producer, a hundred million dollar producer. I want to lead by example. I want to be in the trenches. I have the best systems and processes and I'm so dialed in that I can onboard loan originators and support them better than where they're coming from. I can teach them the business the way that I think it should be taught to turn them into little mini me's. And if I do that successfully, I can hire a management team that manages their production, that their production brings additional revenue to my branch. And because I'm the owner of that branch or I'm the branch manager, I have some kind of a P&L profit loss statement interest. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity and that's the opportune word is opportunity to make more money, but it's not a guarantee. More than likely, what is going to happen is you're going to be given way more autonomy, way more freedom to do it how you want. And by the way, how you want, you'll find out might not be the better way. And more than likely, work more hours doing things you don't want to do, doing things that you're not skilled at in order to make the same money or possibly even less. So a guy that I'm talking to right now about joining Waterstone doesn't want it. Been there, done that, don't want it. Mm. Don't want it. Too many, too many things I can't control. There are too many things I can't control is what, is what his, his statement was. Mm-hmm. I can't focus on what I need to focus on. He's like, I need to focus on being out in my community, networking. I need to focus on giving sound advice to potential home buyers and their, and mm-hmm. their realtors who refer me. I need to focus on being, doing great ironclad pre-approvals. Rinse, repeat. Rinse, repeat. I can't be focused on the branch meeting agenda. I can't be focused on negotiating the new copier lease. I can't be focused on sitting down with this team member and working through their family medical leave act. I can't be bothered with the FedEx person. I can't be bothered with the, the, um, it bill. The toilet's backed up. Someone got to get that. I can't be bothered with these loan officers coming in and asking me stupid questions. Uh, duh. You're a manager. You're a leader. That's your job. Hmm. I can't be bothered that this consumer is calling to complain because my processor won't call them back. Ooh, does that happen? Yes, it happens. I can't be bothered to stop what I'm doing to handle that better business bureau complaint or because someone left me a bad review on Facebook when it wasn't really my fault. Damn. Like these are all things that happen when you're running a business that I don't think people take into consideration because they just don't know any better. And I think these are all things that that you should look at. Now, again, I don't want to poo-poo on the idea, right? I am somebody who raised his hand and was like, yep, I want to do that. And it worked out for me. It worked out for my two partners. It wasn't easy. It was hard. 
by the way, there have been many months and there's going to be months this year that we don't take a paycheck. Everyone else got paid. We didn't. Well, why didn't we get paid? Didn't have any money, right? We ran a not profitable month. Some of those things were in our control. Some of those things were out of our control, but it, you know, we stuck with it and we always had this grand plan that we were going to onboard and hire loan officers. We were going to support them, train them, teach them, create an environment that people wanted to be a part of. And if they did, they would be able to make more money than that, than they've ever made, have a career that no one can take away from them, create a legacy for their children through, through their ability to earn and save. And by doing so, they're going to help us pay our bills, which meant when we went out and did a loan, we got all of that commission. That was our, that was our goal. And that's mm -hmm. what we actually, but never once did we say we weren't going to put our loan officers loans before ours. No, their loans came first. My loans came at 8 PM at night. And yes, we were willing to work 7 AM to 9 PM. We were willing to come in on Sundays or meet on Saturdays so that we could work on our systems and our processes or go over deficiencies where we feel like we're missing the mark as leaders, where we can bring more value. I think those are all things that need to be considered when someone's thinking about going out and, and running their own. Now, again, if that's what drives you and motivates you, I know many successful branch managers who gave up production because they're like, look, that doesn't excite me. Or just the management does all that. Like I know I can make 600 grand a year being the best producer I can be. I'd rather make 300 grand a year running my own branch and supporting a bunch of people who make 600 grand a year. Hmm. Like we all have our different kinks and quirks. And if that's your kink and that's what turns you on and that's what gets you excited from a business perspective, by all means, dive into it, double down on it. And what works today doesn't have to work 10 years from now, right? What works 10 years ago, I was 90% production, 10% manager leader. What are you now? 95% manager, leader, 5% producer. Hmm. And that 5% I do so I can be a great podcast host. That 5% so I can be a great mortgage coach. That 5% so I can be a better leader. I want to keep my toe in the water. I, I never want to get to a point to where I feel like I too am a dinosaur. I too am outdated. Hmm. So I, I will, usually by covering for Kevin Murphy, I will continue to do... Um, uh, uh, hop in and compass and, and do a loan file here and there throughout the year. Mm -hmm. I'll once or twice a year do a prequal. I love running numbers. Like I teach it cause I can do it, but I can do a loan with my HP 12 C, <laughs> right. uh, a red pen, a blue pen, a credit report yeah. and a small pad of paper. Right. Sometimes just the back of my business card. Honestly, I don't, I don't even need the paper. I can still do my job. So I still keep my skills sharpened by doing that. And I make sure I hang out with loan officers. I make sure I go to lunch with loan officers. I know what's going on um, so that I can stay on top of it. Hmm. Yeah. But look, if I ever wanted to, I'd never see this happening. Never is a strong word. I could always revert back. Hmm. Right. That's what I love. I love it becoming a loan officer first. I can always go back to that if need be. Right now, that's not my passion. Right now, that's not what, what hmm. drives me, gets me up in the morning, gets me excited. But I think anyone who wants to become an owner of their own mortgage brokerage, if they want to go open up their own branch on behalf of Waterstone or um, Guild or Cross Country or Fairway, understand why first. Why am I doing this?
What are the pros and cons? If you're just doing it because you think you'll make more money, double think that. Just double think it. What are the, what are the risks going into this? What 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 are the rewards I'm shooting? Do the risk outweigh the rewards or vice versa? Mm-hmm. Like give it some good thought. Do you really want to manage other people? Hell no. Not well, but think about it. If even if someone made something crazy, which by the way, I would tell you that most managers probably only make about five to ten basis points of, of an override on their branch's production mm-hmm. once all the bills are paid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all the dust settles. Mm-hmm. So let's say you did have three loan officers who did $6 million a month in, in production. Let's say you're making 10 basis points on those six LOs. That's six grand. Your average commission in today's market is well over $3,000. You ask yourself this, hmm. do I really want to have to manage five loan officers or do I want to go do two extra loans a month? For many, go do two extra loans a month. You don't want to manage those six LOs. And then if you're saying, I don't want to manage any LOs and I still want to open my own branch because I want to operate off a of P&L. So I'm just, wait a minute. Okay, well, hold on. So you just want to be a loan officer who, who has your own branch because you want to control the expenses because you think you can do it better than your previous branch manager did. Maybe you can. I'll tell you most can't. Maybe you can. I would guess your odds of success are less than 33%. I would say two and three don't based on my experiences. You do not do it better because you take for granted someone doing pipeline management, someone answering the phone, somebody greeting clients when they come in the door, someone assisting you with your database and your marketing, someone leading the culture, right? You, all of those things, IT, HR that you now have to do, it it now falls on your plate. So, you know, food for thought, food for thought. Any last minute parting shots on your end or questions that, that you would have listening in yes. as I've kind of gone? I do have one. Okay. Do you think it would benefit just an LO, even if they don't desire to become a branch manager, to maybe shadow a branch manager for a week just to see how it's run? Like, are there any nuggets they would take away? Like, oh, this could actually make me a better LO type thing? Possibly. Okay. Possibly. I mean, I, I think you'd be better off just to talk to your branch manager hmm. about becoming a branch manager, right? Like, Patrick Shishayan, who's been on this, um, mm-hmm. on, on the podcast, yeah. he is somebody that we already know we're grooming him okay. to be our next branch manager if he so desires. But before we're going to show him the numbers, mm-hmm. like let's show him the numbers. And, but he has raised his hand and said, I'm that guy who believes I'd rather not do those two extra loans. I'd rather give back what you guys gave to me. I want to give to four more people. Mm-hmm. And I would rather do that because that's going to tug at my heartstrings and fulfill me. So that's going to be my follow-up. Like, in all seriousness, what have you found more joy out of? Like the first time you really became successful business-wise as an LO, or being able to grow multiple branches in multiple regions? Like, what brings you more joy? Well, I think I was at a point in my career where I was appreciative when I started developing other managers. Like, I don't know if I was—I was still a hustler and a grinder and a whole lot of cocky arrogance Mm. when I was hardcore originating, especially the first seven years of my career Mm -hmm. that I probably didn't show gratitude and and didn't stop and and look around and and show grace for for what all that was good. It was happening because whatever it was, was never enough. You know, there's Mm -hmm. always more. I could always do better. Um, So 
because of where I was in my life mm-hmm. and, and, and through the maturation process of, of, of getting older and wiser, I definitely appreciate things better now. Right. Um, so I'd have to answer now just for that, that one reason. But when I think about yesteryear and I have those warm, awesome mm. memories, like if I could just go back there, I remember when I was able to turn my cable back on. Right. I remember that feeling of, of calling my student loan company because I'm finally making money as a loan originator right. and telling them to take my student loans at a deferral. Right. right. The first time that we went and bought a car and I paid cash for it, by the way, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. Right. But I like spent $36,000 and paid cash for a car. I mean, yeah. I probably wore people out bragging about that. You know, that humble brag. Mm-hmm. Thank God social media wasn't around when that <laughs> right. happened or it was the right. advent of social media. Right. It, it was, it was like right at right that, there, yeah. yeah um, that time frame when Facebook was just becoming a thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I miss that. Like I miss going to a fancy dinner for the first time right. and being like, all right, we don't really belong here. Like, what, what, like you know. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, it was Walensky and Schmitz in um, Vegas. Hmm. Me, Mike, David, and our wives. And we still today talk about that. We Like, today we take it for granted. Right. But back then, so, like, I'll miss that. Those stories were really cool. Yeah. But if you're talking about fulfillment, I'm way more fulfilled doing this with you. Right. I'm way more fulfilled when I can share my stories and people buy in. To, to what we have found that is successful and I see them doing it, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, hell yeah, high five. I love every year getting a report to see how much money some of our loan officers and processors yeah. and underwriters, they've earned that. Like, and that makes me super happy and proud. So it fulfills me probably in a different way, more like in a parental way yeah. than a, you know, early on, oh my gosh, we've made it because we're at this, you know, fancy dinner buying $100 seafood towers for, um, just me, yeah, just, yeah. Well, yeah, we did, and then my wife's <laughs> take not, it back. Yeah, take it back. It's way too expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, um, so that's that. You had another part of that question before I kind of went on on a, a small rabbit hole. <laughs> no, I was like, hey, if you shadow them, uh, oh yeah, shadowing. Yeah, I, I would tell you to, to talk to other branch managers. Talk to someone who will show you the real numbers, who will do the exercise, pros, cons. Why do I really want to do this? And if I do it, am I? What's it going to entail, time wise, mm-hmm. um, upstart? What type of longevity? Because it may take you six or 18 months before mm. you turn a corner. And what does that look like? And is your personal pay going to take a hit, right? Are your relationships going to take a hit because now it's more hours you're having to put to your work week? Like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, I would say start by talking to your manager or your regional, show that interest, and then talk to others, but make sure those others are going to shoot to you straight. So many people, they don't know. Like, they don't know. And they haven't processed. If you ask this question, hey, John, would you have made more money staying as a as a mega originator who worked under someone else or more money owning your own branch? I bet the, the face you just gave me is the face that those people would give me. Like most would be like, hmm. well, I've never thought about that. Right. And it's hard to tell because you're never going to do an apples to apples comparison because hmm. an apples to apples comparison would be compare what you would have done. As a yeah. as a solo originator in 2022 versus a branch manager in 2022, if you try to if you try to compare anything to 2020, it, it doesn't compare. Yeah. If you try to so then it's like you have to find like years where average loan size was consistent, the purchase refi mix was consistent, the product mix was consistent. Because by the way, product mix is something that when you're an originator, you don't even think about. Oh, but the minute you're running a P&L and it's your own branch, hmm. 
product mix matters. Certain products may bring certain difference, differences of revenue to your bottom line, hmm. right? So as an originator, you get paid the same regardless if it's FHA, VA, bond, brokered, et cetera. Your branch doesn't though. Mm -hmm. Your branch actually makes less money on a bond loan, less money on a broker loan, more money on a VA loan. Right. So you have to know product mix. You can't really control that because you can't control which product is best for your client, right? You're going to show all product offerings to your client and help them choose what's best for them, mm -hmm. not what's best for your branch. Hmm. That's why the CFPB has specific rules and guidelines that state an originator can't also be made, make, make profit. You can either not originate and make profit, or you can originate and make your baseline commission. Plus you can make an override based on branch production, hmm. but the override isn't really tied to profit per se. Um, so that's what I would tell people to start with. Start with a conversation, then run your own pros and cons. Look yourself in the mirror and say, why do I want to do this? Am I ready? And then what does it mean? What type of sacrifices am I going to have? And those sacrifices last six, 12, 18 months. And, and am I ready for this? Am I ready? But hopefully, right. Angela, you've learned from my, my stories. And Ziggy, thank you for letting me tell your story. And I can't wait to have you on. And we, I'll let you tell your story because mm -hmm. you tell it better. And you'll give better nuggets, better takeaways, and better tie downs. Um, and to the gentleman that I'm talking to, I'm not going to use names. Right. But thank you for sharing your story. Because this is a consummate professional who's been successful in business, not just in mortgage. Mm. And he's helped me realize that, look, I may one day want to have my branch again and be on a P&L again, but not right now. Right now, he's like, it doesn't make sense, and here's why. I've had it both ways, and I'm learning that where I am in my career, I'm not ready. Yeah. So hopefully he onboards with us, and let's work on getting him ready. Whether it's 12 months or 36 months down the road, that's going to be my job as a leader to help him get ready. Right now, I need to get him onboarded. I need to get them producing loans in our system. I need to get them supported, coached, mentored. And then once he takes that, builds the momentum, then let's look at hiring a loan officer and having him mentor the loan officer. Then let's look at hiring a second loan officer and maybe giving him the title of sales manager with an override. Mm -hmm. Then eventually, once the production is there and he has built his own team and he has kind of the whole mm -hmm. crawl before you walk, mm -hmm. he has crawled, now he's walking, he's getting ready to start running. Now let's give him his branch. Let's put him on a P&L. But it's a process. I don't think you necessarily dive head first. And if you do, know what you're getting into and also know that that water may be freezing cold and you don't know how to swim properly in freezing right. cold water. Right. Hey, he's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. I hope you enjoyed the hell out of this episode. If you do, please continue to like us, share us, comment, mm -hmm. reach out to us, give us some show recommendations. Yeah. Check out tloponline.com. Register as a member. If you love what we're doing, check out the premium content. Yeah. It's a small donation, 25 bucks a month. But we love doing this. We want to continue doing it, but we can only do so if you share us, you like us, and the audience continues to grow and continues to dig what we do. Yes, sir. He's John. I'm Dio. That's all the time we have for you today. We will catch you on the next episode.